From WUWM, Milwaukee's NPR, this is Capital Notes, a podcast about Wisconsin politics and politicians. I'm Marty Michelson. Each week, I discuss noteworthy developments with J.R. Ross, editor of WISPolitics.com. Here's our latest conversation. So, J.R., President Trump is expected to be in Kenosha tomorrow, surveying the damage that resulted from the unrest in the wake of the police shooting of Jacob Blake. He'll also meet with law enforcement officials. An officer allegedly shot the African-American man seven times in the back, paralyzing him. The shooting sparked daily protests as well as looting and burning of businesses. And a 17-year-old is in custody for the fatal shootings of two protesters during the unrest. At the Republican National Convention last week, Trump painted himself as the law and order candidate and repeated a familiar campaign theme that violent protests in, quote, Democrat-run cities will only continue if Democratic nominee Joe Biden is elected. Biden responded by saying that the violence is happening right now on Trump's watch. So what do you think Trump's message will be to the people of Kenosha? Well, it's largely been law and order so far. Um, He did tweet about it, I think, on Friday that uh, after he sent in the National Guard that things calmed down. Now, uh, to be fair, the Guard had actually gone in a couple days ahead of that, uh, the governor, the president's order before um, to address things. And they went in on Monday, I believe. But nonetheless, he's trying to drive a message that he's taken decisive action. And because of his actions, that's why things calmed down. So you're probably expecting to hear more of that from him stops in Kenosha on Tuesday. Well, some have criticized Trump's decision to come to Wisconsin, saying it's politically motivated. In fact, Governor Evers wrote a letter to the president yesterday urging him not to come, saying his visit would do more harm than good. Do you think Trump's appearance in Kenosha will help or hurt matters? Depends on what his message is. You know, does he strike a conciliatory tone? Does he strike a strike a strident tone? You know, what's what's the message going to be? Um, now, obviously, he's been preaching law and order, but in times of national tragedy, we've often seen presidents go in and be kind of a, a calming factor. Can Trump do that? Does he, does he want to do that? Also, as far as I know, um, he has not really addressed the 17-year-old, for example, who was involved in shooting three people. He's been asked whether he condemned that, so they were kind of demurred when he was asked that question. So how will he address those issues? Um, will he visit with the Blake family? You know, what What's the trip going to look like? Is it just going to be a law and order theme or will it be more of a conciliatory tone. It, it's an opportunity for him, for sure, to strike that that tone of somebody who can bring the country together. But so I really haven't seen that from the president. So what tact is he going to take with this speech? It's going to be interesting to, to see. In another big development, Governor Evers called on the Republican-controlled state legislature to go into special session today on police reforms in the wake of last Sunday's shooting of Jacob Blake. Evers wants the legislature to pass a number of measures that he unveiled in June following the police killing of George Floyd in Minneapolis. They include a ban on police chokeholds as well as other uses of force. On Friday, Republican Senate Majority Leader Scott Fitzgerald said his chamber will go into session and take up the measures. What will that session look like? Well, it's going to be a session in name only, really. And why I say that is the governor though he has the power to call a special session of legislature, can't force them to act. That power does require them at least come in and gavel in the session. Now, if you recall, back earlier this year, he called a special session on gun violence. Republicans came in and gavel it in and out in the span of like 30 seconds and we're done with it. Here, what they're doing is they're going to gavel it in, 
but then leave it open and take some time. If you look back at the statement from Scott Fitzgerald on Friday, he noted that there's a package of bills from the governor. It's a package of bills from Senate Republican uh, Van Wongard. And there's a package of bills to be drawn up, possibly, by a task force that Assembly Speaker Robin Voss has created. And he said it would take, quote-unquote, months to work through these things. So what I'm anticipating is they'll gavel in the session and have a conversation. That conversation, though, might go into next session. This may just be the foundation of action later on. It's kind of hard in this politically charged environment to imagine the legislature coming in for the first time since April to do a package of bills like this and what's going on. So it it might just be the foundational work for a larger discussion next session. And finally, a citizens group has filed papers with the Wisconsin Elections Commission to launch a recall effort against Democratic Governor Tony Evers and Lieutenant Governor Mandela Barnes. Organizers say they're upset with the way Evers handled the unrest following the police shooting of Jacob Blake. Evers initially refused federal help, then later he accepted federal resources after the two protesters were killed. The group held recall petition signing events over the weekend and more are scheduled for this week. The group needs nearly 700,000 signatures in 60 days in order to get the recall on the ballot. It's the second time in the past decade that a Wisconsin governor has faced a recall. Republican Governor Scott Walker was recalled in 2012, but he won the election. What do you know about this group, and how organized does it have to be in order to collect that many signatures? Well, it looks like a loosely organized citizen group. Um, what I'm not seeing is help from the state Republican Party, uh, and the group apparently is saying it's not getting help from the state GOP, and that's kind of key because you're talking about a 60-day window in which they have to gather mm, more than 10,000 signatures a day just to hit the mark needed to trigger a recall election. That is not an easy task. Unless you have teams of people out there getting the signatures, unless you have some kind of significant organization, it's difficult to do. Remember, when the effort to recall Scott Walker back in, uh, started back in late 2011, the Democratic Party of Wisconsin got behind that effort and participated. It's got experience. The parties have experience collecting signatures, doing things like this, or organizing volunteers. It's a tall task, even with the party involved, it's an even taller task. You're talking about people who aren't used to this kind of work, trying to go out and get that many signatures. So it's, it's a extremely high bar to do. And oh, by the way, you're trying to do it during COVID-19, a little bit different than um, doing it in a normal environment where you have more people gathering at large events, those kinds of things. So it is not going to be easy. And I guess people would be surprised if they're successful in getting the number of signatures needed to trigger a recall. That's WISPolitics.com editor J.R. Ross. You can join us each week for our conversations. And if you haven't done so already, subscribe to Capital Notes on iTunes, NPR One, or wherever you get your podcasts.